Welcome to Rock Vegas, everybody. It's Glenn Rockney, G Rock if you're nasty, at Glenn Rockney on Twitter, G L E N R O C K N E Y. I'm back. I'm back. Uh, going through the positional groups again. We got to offense uh, at this point. So uh, if you want to go back and listen to some of the old episodes, I did about, God, it's got to be close to two, three weeks ago. But who knows what time is anymore in COVID? I mean, the Super Bowl felt like three years ago. So. You know, the Niners Chiefs one. So I don't even know. I don't even know what day it is. Uh, um, you can go back and listen to those. Uh, subscribe to this podcast, Rock Vegas. Um, I also have links to it on Twitter, um, at Glenn Rockney, like I said. Um, we are on to the offense. Uh, I did take some time off because I do have another podcast uh, that is more current events, uh, left wing politics, kind of uh, stuff like that. And with the covid stuff and george floyd protests a lot of my attention was over there so i'm back i'm back still doing that too so subscribe to uh rare candy as well link is in my bio um but uh nonetheless let's uh let's get on with it um i didn't miss much i was i was still tapped into the uh the raiders news cycle but uh it looks like cleveland farrell got a little bigger um allegedly which is nice um fans are debating trading for jamal adams when jamal pretty much doesn't want to come here we're not on his list so who cares uh let's stick with the box safety that we drafted last year jonathan abram with a first round pick uh that you don't have to pay as much i'd, I'd rather do that um so today's about the offensive line i'm excited i'm excited to talk about the offensive line uh only because it's the first position group that we've gotten to where i'm like hey this is a good group and i expect it to be good again right so I think that this group will be will be uh, will be dominant this year. Um, they were pretty much debatably dominant last year, but uh, I do think there's still one weak link on the offensive line, uh, and I'll get to him later. But I do think that uh, that this position group is special. Um, I think it does exactly. I'm sorry, exactly what John Gruden wants them to do. Uh, they want to be bigger and stronger than the, the defensive line that they're blocking and the linebackers, and uh, they want to run power. Uh, I know the Raiders do a mixture of power and zone, but I think this offensive line's built for the power. And uh, it's really interior. I mean, the interior of the offensive line, it, it's tough to find a better one. Uh, maybe maybe Dallas. Maybe, but I, I don't know. Um, so let's get to it. Let's get to it. Last year, last year the Raiders' offensive line was lauded. I mean, it, it, people forget how bad it was in 2018. Like, it was great in 2016, not good in 2017, and there are a lot of reasons it was not good in 2017. Uh, a lot of it, I think, was off the field, too. Um, a lot of it involved social concerns, right? Like the kneeling and stuff. Um, and, and just the fact that that, that team just – I don't know. It just they didn't get it done. I mean that that team that was the most hyped Raider season, even more hyped than this year, and it it didn't seem they nobody seemed to want to like really do anything on offense that year. It was it was so frustrating. So last year, uh, there were a lot of people. I was looking at preseason rankings, including myself, where they were like, "This offensive line stinks." Right, the Raiders' offensive line. Hudson's getting older. Uh, Gabe Jackson's coming off an injury. Richie Incognito, pff, you kidding me? He's coming back? No, no chance. He's good. A lot of that stuff was coming. I, I had my doubts too. Uh, Trent Brown, they were thinking, hey, coming off of a Super Bowl season with New England, you're going to pay him top dollar. Is he is he going to be good? Um, 
And Colton Miller had a horrible rookie season. There's no way around it. It was a terrible rookie season. So a lot of people are saying they're still bottom of the league, even with signing Trent Brown and all that. Uh, I got to say, I thought they did a tremendous job last year. Um, great job keeping Carr upright, even though Carr does get rid of the ball fast. Uh, he, he helps himself do that a little bit. Um, and did a great job opening stuff up for Josh Jacobs. Um, and Josh Jacobs doesn't need a lot of help. He's actually uh, top in almost every metric in broken tackles and uh, like yards after contact and stuff. He, he's incredible. So didn't need much, right? The, uh, but I thought the depth shined last year too. Denzel Good. Um, Jordan Davy, uh, Jordan Davy coming in for incognito, Gabe Jackson. And, uh, even when Rodney Hudson was hurt, I thought Andre James was serviceable. Not great. There were a couple snaps where I held my breath, but it wasn't like, uh, <laughs> you guys remember, uh, I know this is a long snapper, but I was at the game and I believe it was Dennis Allen's first game as a coach. I think it was the first year where it's like, we don't have Al anymore. Maybe, maybe we're just going to be good all of a sudden Al's gone. Um, and the long snap I want to say uh John Kondo was hurt I think he got like a concussion on punt on punt team like the first series and then they didn't have a backup long snapper and it was the most fucking mortifying thing I had seen it's like wow we can't even give the ball to the other team properly and uh that was what I was expecting when Andre James came in just from a center to quarterback exchange type thing and I thought Andre James did a nice job so um they the depth shine last year I thought it was really good uh it's a veteran group it's a little old little long in the teeth but uh but still very good um so let's just go through it one by one I uh and then later I'm going to go compare them to the 2016 offensive line 2016 Raiders offensive line sorry I'm gonna get it queued up folks I'm not prepared a little rusty hey took a little time off from this podcast uh so let's uh okay cool we're set to go so we are going to start at right tackle Trent Brown he's a starter Big problem with him is staying healthy. That's it. I, I think he's a beast, uh, especially in pass protection. Um, good in good in the run. I, I wouldn't say great in the run, but good in the run. Uh, v- above average at that. But uh, in pass pro, I, I it's not many that are better in my opinion. Um, it was great. He he came from kind of a similar thing where Brady got rid of the ball fast, but the few times he needed to hold it right in in New England, they he he held up right. It was incredible in that Super Bowl. Uh, against uh, Dante Fowler, was it? Yeah, he was incredible in that Super Bowl. And last year, too. Raiders don't take a lot of a lot of deep shots, but Trent Brown held up, right? And he, he was playing hurt, like worse than Jacobs. Like, he was playing hurt, I think. And that, maybe not worse than Jacobs. Jacobs was playing with a fucking half a shoulder um, after he damn near killed a guy in Green Bay. But Trent Brown, Trent Brown is... is is a mainstay I just need him to stay healthy and uh, it's tough he's, he's so big it's tough to stay healthy when you're that big like uh, that tall I mean right uh it, it's tough to do it's easy to get rolled up on offensive line you could do everything right you know and and have some guy just fall on you on your on your ankle and, and that's it right and I think that's what happened uh was it was it in the Chicago game that Trent Brown got hurt or was it in Minnesota maybe maybe it was Minnesota um yeah and they, yeah that's right because Trent couldn't play against uh uh Chicago yeah so I think it was the Minnesota game he got hurt and uh he, he toughed through it um I really really liked it I, I remember when they signed him I kind of think it was like damn that's that's a lot of money and I, the ex-New England thing is always a bit weird you know it, nobody's ever that good once they leave but uh he's been great he's been great right tackle we're set behind him is David Sharp 
And uh, and it's debatable too because you might have some guys that play a little swing like Sam Young and Brandon Parker, but uh, David Sharp, I thought David Sharp did a nice job in that Chicago game. Um, not great. I mean, there's definitely you notice, right? You notice that uh, that uh, what's his name, uh, Trent Brown's not out there. You notice it. It's not a. Uh, it's it's tough not to because Trent Brown is like a, an absolute mountain, a redwood tree. Like he's huge. And uh, but David Sharp, I remember when they drafted him. Uh, it must have been four or five years ago now, but he uh, wasn't he like blind? I think he was blind in one eye or something. I was like, ah, that's cool, that's awesome. We drafted that. Well, it's blind, but I don't know. I think it's been fine. I, I every time he's played it, it's been okay. It's kind of like Andre James, where I expected most teams don't have a good backup for any position at the O line. It's really hard to find depth on the offensive line, and I think the Raiders have as good as anyone. I mean, I think you could put Dallas in. I would say Philly, but Philly just lost uh, Brandon Brooks. So, like, their depth is already being used. Um, so, Trent Brown, David Sharp, and then they say Denzel Good as the third right tackle. But <laughs> if we're getting to that point, uh, it's either going to be Brandon Parker or Sam Young. And the game's not looking too good at that point. So, but again, you're down to your third tackle. You take what you get. You know, it's, it, it, you got what's coming to you. It's just an unfortunate circumstance. Right guard, Gabe Jackson. A um, lot of talk about him this offseason. Should he have been moved? And, um, a lot of people thought we were going to get like a third rounder or like fourth rounder for him. I, I never saw that. I thought it would have been like a day three pick or a pick swap or something just to get his money off of there. Um, I'm glad they kept him now. I definitely wanted to try to make a move, uh, maybe to pick up another day three pick. Uh, it's been well documented. I won't complain about it anymore about how I the worst part about this draft, this uh, 2020 draft for the Raiders, was just not having enough day three picks, especially with you see the guys we got on day three good players in my opinion um and uh the guys that were still available like bradley and ia and and guys like that uh that were drafted in the sixth round and stuff that would have been nice would have been nice but uh nonetheless they kept gabe jackson and right now i'm glad we did you got that you have the starting offensive line returning in a off season where you're not going to get traditional practice time so again this is the whole theme of this offseason is no excuses for Derek Carr no excuses for John Gruden no excuses sidebar for those of you that like and I, I consider myself these people too where you think Gruden's on like a really good progression there are a lot of coaches who have got it done faster you know what I mean made the turnaround faster now I think there was more to work with and Gruden definitely dug himself a hole early as far as getting rid of the talent but Sean Payton won right away in New Orleans um you know guys, guys like that I think Doug Peterson too, if I'm not mistaken. But Josh Dupo, uh, a lot of people don't like him. I'm I'm personally a fan. Um, when you're bad and someone tells you you're bad, is it their fault? You know. Uh, but Gabe Jackson kept him. Uh, he hasn't. He's not the same Gabe. He's not 2016 Gabe. Uh, I think that's that much is true. He's not. Uh, um, he's not the mauler that he once was. I think he lost a step in speed, but uh, still very good. I, it's still very good in pass protection. Um, definitely got some injury problems, which is why the guy behind him, John Simpson, the fourth round draft pick, uh, I, I, I'm glad they drafted him. Um, he's probably the least talked about guy that the Raiders drafted this year. And look, he's a backup guard. Of course he's the least talked about, right? Um, but I think John Simpson, I don't want him to play this year because again, this is a veteran offensive line. Let's keep the veterans up there. It's good. Um, the, the, the youngest guy, the youngest starter on the line is the weakest link as of now, right? He has that, he has a higher ceiling than some of the other guys, but he's the weakest link. So as far as age goes, 
the old guys are getting it done on this offensive line. Um, John Simpson, he fits this offense like a glove, right? He's power. Power's his game, right? He's from Clemson, so you know Mayock's like, hey, I, I want to play exactly like Clemson, which I don't hate, right? National title winners. And uh, th- uh, I think there was a scout, and I, I think I don't know for what team or anything, or maybe it was somebody at the senior bowl or something. They said this the Simpson kid, John Simpson, he's got hands like meat hooks, right? So the reason I'm touting John Simpson is not that I want him to start, right? I think as soon as you draft a guy, you're so used to like playing Madden style where you want to get rid of your depth, right? To get more picks, right? In franchise mode, you're like, hey, we drafted a guard, let's get rid of Gabe. It's like, yeah, let's, let's have depth. No one's offensive line stays healthy all year, right? So let's have the depth, especially since the fact that I think John Simpson has some history, and I don't know this for sure, but I thought he had some history playing left guard too. So you have Incognito, who's up there in age, still great, but up there in age. So if Simpson and Gabe's had his injury struggles too, so you're going to have want to have a guy who can come in and play, especially somebody that, you know, consensus around John Simpson is that he's good, right? Guards don't get drafted as high as tackles, right? Uh, except if you're like Quentin Nelson, you're just an absolute monster. So John Simpson's there. Uh, Raiders brought in Eric Cush. I won't spend too much time on him. Um, I'm not sure he's even going to make the team, honestly. Um, he's got some experience. He's a veteran. I remember he was with uh, L.A. Rams for a little bit. I remember him on Hard Knocks. He had the American flag, like uh, like boxers or something. He's kind of a weirdo. Um, but he, uh, I think he was a big like wear a tank top guy, even though I'm an offensive line kind of kind of kind of aesthetic to him. But uh, um, maybe I, I could see him. I could see him maybe cracking the roster. I think it's going to come down to like him versus some of the other guys that were here last year, though. So I think the new guy's not going to quite have the upper hand, especially in this kind of uh, climate that we're in right now in the NFL with COVID. So. I'm not sure I see Eric Cush uh, making the team, but uh, if he does, I, I do think he has a little versatility playing center too. Uh, it, it appears, and uh, let's see, yeah, yeah. So he does. He, he played a little bit of a little bit of center, but not not at a very high level. So um, Kamal Seymour, first time I'm hearing of him. Sorry, I, I think he's just a camp invite. Uh, we'll see. Um, I don't, I don't see much. I, oh, oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, I do. Did hear him? He was a UDFA guy. Yeah, he was. Um, again, it's one of those guys where you, you either you make the team, and then I start talking about you, or at least maybe a couple preseason games. But who knows if we're gonna have that, right? Who knows if we're gonna even have like a legit preseason, and uh, which might be tough for some of those guys, right? Some of the newcomers might just lean on some of the veterans that were here before. Um. So let's move to center. Talk about somebody who I don't know how you could even ever have a bad word to say. I've never heard a bad word about him. I'm definitely not from uh, Raider fans. And I'm a critical person. So if I find something I don't like, I'll, I'll bring it up, right? Not to be contrarian, but just for the fact is like, hey, it is what it is. But there's not one bad thing you can say about Rodney Hudson. Rodney Hudson, in, I'd, I'd have to look back, take a deep look at it. But in terms of free agency... Is there a better signing by the Raiders in free agent? And maybe there's some dumb, like some duh, like signing, like maybe, you know, some of the guys in the 70s that were like first round picks, or I don't even know how Plunkett got to the team, but uh, maybe not. But in this big, in this, at least in the last 10 years, not that there's a lot of, you know, good ones to pick from, but Rodney Hudson is, has just been a godsend to this team. And uh, I'm almost feeling bad that we don't win enough for him, you know? Like, obviously, he's okay with 
what's going on because he keeps resigning, <laughs> and uh, that's that's very nice to see. And uh, I, I hope he finishes his career here. He's, he seems like a great guy. I know he prioritizes education. I think he graduated, uh, got his degree last year. I think he got like a like grad school degree last year. Um, I remember Vic Tafer tweeting something about that. But Rodney Hudson is so good, especially in pass pro man pass protection. There isn't a better center in the league. I know a lot of people say Jason Kelsey, but I think Jason Kelsey is really good at getting out and moving, and and uh, and especially in the run game, like on tosses and like screens and stuff like that. I think Kelsey's got the upper hand there. But as far as just regular pass sets, nobody better. He is so good. Uh, I think. I mean, he must love working with Derek Carr too, because he again he keeps resigning here. Um, I, I know Carr thinks the world of him. Why wouldn't you? Uh, when he went down last year, I got scared. Like when they said Andre James, the, I think he was an undrafted kid out of, out of UCLA and I got scared. Um, but he, but he did a, he did a fine job. I mean, uh, as good as you can. Um, I think he was, I think that was the Detroit game if I'm not mistaken, but, uh, Hudson Hudson is, in my opinion, should be a hall of famer. Um, when all is said and done, I mean, unless he takes like a serious step back, which, it would have to be injury related because it would have happened by now. He he's gotten better, I think. And I remember when they signed him. Um, I think that was was that right before the twenty sixteen season? No, it, yeah, it was whatever year they signed uh, Sean Smith, uh, which was a terrible signing. But yeah, so I think it was the twenty sixteen season, and they signed him. And it's like man, night and day. It was night and day different. Like the whole offensive line took a step forward because of him. And uh, they would talk about how much of a savant he is. And, and you have to be if you're going to be that good at center. You can't just be winning off talent alone. It's it's definitely a quarterback level of intellect that goes into it. And and he has it. So, uh, okay, let me stop gushing about Rodney Hudson. Um, again, behind him, I've, I've talked about him before, is Andre James. Uh, I'd like for him to be the backup center again this year. Uh, I don't see a reason not to. Um, he, he did a nice job. I thought he did a nice job. He, he – uh, Definitely a good uh, undrafted free agent. Find him, him and Alec Ingold on on that line, and then uh, hopefully Keyshawn Nixon, right? But uh, definitely a good UDFA. Definitely, definitely could have been way worse stepping in when you when you hear you have an undrafted free agent stepping in for a guy I think is a Hall of Famer. So um, center, I, I I feel great about it. Like I, I do feel good about it. Jordan Davy uh, is behind is behind Andre James, so I, I guess it's good to even have a guy that could be a third string center. Again, I, I mentioned Eric Cush uh, c- could do it, but I, I think they'll go with the guy that was here last year in, in Jordan Davy. I think I think they were fine with it because people forget early in the year, Incognito and Gabe were out. We had Jordan Davy and uh, um, Denzel Good starting, and uh, that was good. Like, I mean, no, no pun intended, but it, it worked. I mean, they blew Denver off the ball, you know, like, and, and, uh, and yeah, maybe not the chiefs, but you know, that those first two games, it, it, it could have looked a lot worse. And I think a lot of that does speak for Rodney Hudson, right? If you play to the left or right of him, he's going to make sure you're, you're, you're up to par. Right. Um, and then, uh, so behind, oh, okay. I'm sorry. We'll move to left guard. Richie incognito. Um, I, fuck! I hated when they signed him. Not not that I thought it was like he sucked. I he he had been out of the league, you know. But I I knew his talent was there. It's not like he was, it's not like he was bad. But I just was like, man, you sign Antonio Brown, right? And you already knew that was gonna be like, you were hoping for one year of that. Like, man, I I 
was hoping this could just work for one year and whatever happens after that happens. Didn't even get one game. Oh, well, you know, but then you bring in Richie Incognito and I'm just like, fuck, man, like just adding head cases and say what you will. I, I still it's it's still tough to overlook some of the like weird racist shit he was doing to uh, Jonathan Martin, who also was a weirdo. Let's I mean, that was weird on weird crime, but still like it was kind of like, man, that's that's what we're bringing into here. And I, I look, mental health is a big thing. It's it's a it's a big thing. But I, I just was kind of like, man, is that, that's what we want right now, you know, on this team. Uh, I it, all that took was that Chicago game where he was shoving people's head into the ground and fucking being an all out alpha enforcer. And I was like, all right, this will work, <laughs> you know. Like he's been great. Uh, like he he's been unbelievable. Even better than like what I thought his talent level was at this point after taking a year off, because he was great with uh, Buffalo uh, last, I believe. But Richie, Richie's been awesome. Um, again, I think John Simpson, whoever leaves first out of Gabe and Richie, uh, or you know whatever happens, gets injured or ends up leaving. I, Richie got a, a new contract, but even that contract's not like a long term one. So whoever goes down or or leaves, because um, I, I think this is Gabe's last year with the team. Either way, personally. Uh, John Simpson's there to step in. Uh, they do have uh, this site's weird because they have Denzel. I'm using lineups.com, but uh, Denzel Good is listed as the third string right tackle, but he's behind Richie Incognito. Actually, they have Eric Magnuson here, which Eric Magnuson was a free agent uh, that came in. Um, I still think Denzel Good's going to have the upper hand if it comes to it down to one roster spot. It'll be Denzel Good because he played well last year. He was good. Denzel was good, and. Uh, I think I think that I feel pretty good about that position, right? Um, Lester Cotton is also uh, here too, the undrafted guy out of uh, Alabama. Um, I think he spent the year on the practice squad. I, I, they might have brought him up for one or two games, but I don't think he saw any action. But uh, another guy that's built, he's like the Mauler kind of guard role, power, more power than speed and uh, athleticism. But uh, again, that, that seems like a pretty good three right there if you go incognito, Denzel Good, and Lester Cotton. I feel okay. I feel pretty good about that, right? Let's just hope we can get one more really healthy Pro Bowl-level year out of Incognito, and uh, we'll be set. Now, here's where it gets interesting. Left tackle. Colton Miller. Without a doubt, this turns this offensive line into good, or or I'm sorry, Colton Miller will be the reason this offensive line is, is good or elite, right? Colton Miller doesn't take a step forward. If he doesn't take a step forward, it's kind of like okay, teams still know who they, how they can get to to Carr, how they can you know how they can win in the run game. They can stuff that left side. It's having that one weak link, right? You're only as strong as your weakest link. And if Colton Miller is the weak link, which he was last year too, but that's said more about the talent around him than his talent, in my opinion. But if he's still the weak link this year, we got to start really questioning that pick. I've always questioned it personally. I'm. You'll get annoyed. A lot of people get annoyed. The Derwin James was the right fucking pick. There's no way. We were voted worst defense, right? Worst defense of the last decade. And I and I, I won't argue it. I won't argue it. So you can't tell me that we were set. I mean, John Gruden said we had Obi Melifonwu and Carl Joseph as our safety, so we're set. So like, no, fuck that. <laughs> you know? So again, that's we're done. Like, that's that's done. What's done is done. Derwin James had injuries. He missed all last pretty much all of last year. Um, what's done is done. I do find it funny though, that there are some people who are like, 
defending they were in my mentions defending the Colton Miller pick over Derwin James because it was in need, but that, now they want the Raiders to trade for Jamal Adams, which is like, okay, so you, <laughs> you do admit that like maybe safety could get a little bit better, right? Um, look, I, I, I was encouraged because after 2018, Colton Miller, he was horrendous. That Seahawks game was one of the worst displays of offensive lane, line plays I've ever seen. It, it was so bad, right? And uh, look, uh, I think it was assembly like he yeah Kalechi assembly definitely wasn't uh wasn't himself either that year but colton miller was colton miller was was bad <laughs> his rookie year like frank clark he needs a restraining order against uh, frank clark or something because it sucks because he's now he has to he's in the division right he was in the division last year too but it's like i think colton miller was trying to get some paperwork going for a restraining order against him it was that bad so that's the problem with him is is I never, I never saw him as like a super fit either, right? So this, this offense is all about power, right, for the with the offensive line. They'll value a big, strong dude more than a guy who gets out and moves, right? Colton Miller's a guy who gets out and moves. He's big. You definitely can put some weight on him. I actually agreed with Tom Cable and they said, I, I can get him up to 350, man. Like, let's, let's make him a beast, you know, and he'll, he'll still be able to run. Um, I don't know if they use they don't really take advantage of his offense of his uh, athleticism as much. I've seen a couple plays where he got out on screens. I believe it was uh the one that sealed the game to uh Tyrell Williams um week 1, the Monday night football game against Denver. There was a nice tunnel screen to Tyrell Williams and Colton Miller got out. And I I, I want to say it was that play. Got out and really took care of the DB there. Like it was it was nice. Nice to see his athleticism on display. I don't see enough of it, right? Like the uh, Josh Jacobs, that awesome sweep that he had, uh, the toss play that he had against Chicago with the spin move. Colton Miller, getting out, making plays. So if you're going to draft this guy, take advantage of his athleticism because that's why you drafted him was because he was just this athletic freak that you could turn into a great tackle. So I, I want to see more of that. He, There's something to be said. He, he took a step forward last year. He took a step forward. But I, it would it, it, it not say it wasn't enough, right? Because it was it went from bad to like, hmm, okay, there's something there. But I don't think he went from bad to good, like some people are saying. Like, oh, he was good last year, and he wasn't. He wasn't good. I still saw him get beat. Like I still saw him struggle with speed, struggle with power. It's he's gonna have to like get really good for that that pick to be justified, and even to get like a second contract, right? So I think the leap that he takes this year has to be bigger than the one he took last year, which was sizable, but it it has to be a lot bigger. Because behind him, I don't even like what's behind them, right? Brandon Parker and Sam Young. Brandon Parker might be the worst offensive lineman I've ever seen. No joke. That the other guy that was bad too was the one uh, Schofield and and uh for denver the one that khalil mack just like was brutal like just killed him that one time he had five sacks and basically just won the denver game <laughs> um that that guy was bad too trey pipkins last year for uh la chargers too same thing like those guys are they're all in that like group to me where it's like these guys stink but brandon parker is terrible man that was another one if you if you look at the 2018 draft and i've done this on this podcast before but i'm gonna do it again 2018 NFL draft in the third round for a third round of an NFL draft. It was loaded. It was really loaded. And we were picking at the top 
Raiders picked at the top of the third round. So let's look. In the third round, Raiders, first pick of the third round. And I, I believe they traded up, which, love that. Love trading up for a guy that sucks. Uh, Brandon Parker. So, also picked in there. Houston Texans take Justin Reed. Pretty solid. Solid safety. Pretty good. Would have helped. Uh, Fred Warner. Uh, great coverage linebacker for uh, for the Niners. You imagine Fred Warner on this team last year? I, I, that transforms the defense, right? Having a coverage linebacker, not name, you know, that's not like Tyre Whitehead. Uh, other guy, you know, okay, maybe it wasn't as loaded as I thought, but like, you know, uh, Michael Gallup. Okay, there's a good one. Orlando Brown, the guy you should have drafted. Orlando Brown got shit on for not being able to like bench press, but he's been a beast. Uh, for Baltimore he's been a beast so it's like you knew they were looking tackle there with Orlando Brown still on the board I think they got scared of the like this guy can't lift anything everybody's got to be strong but it's like okay you also drafted you know you drafted Brandon Parker (laughs) who basically just got his ass kicked at the senior bowl the entire time and then you know Gruden's like yeah that's my guy so yeah I I don't know I mean even like the Rams Joseph Noteboom pretty pretty good like better it plays tackle for the Rams he's better than than Brandon Parker uh man i'm looking uh uh, that's about it harrison phillips really good too like there were guys there there were guys there like it's it sucks it really sucks Uh, i was that was that might have been that might have been the one that really killed the raiders because there were guys in there that could have helped if you drafted orlando brown and and colton miller we'd be having some talks right now i don't even know if you i don't even know if you'd sign trent brown at that point right then you start really thinking about stuff like it's okay. We got our left tackle, our developmental left tackle, first rounder, and then we have Orlando Brown. Who knew that he was this good, right? Like even though his tape was great, he just didn't work out that well. So Brandon Parker is still like like a shit stain, like uh, left from that first Gruden season. It sucks. It's a skid mark that you just it doesn't quite wash out in the underwear, and you're like fuck it, ball out, putting it on. It's all good. We're still gonna rock with it. Hey, somebody comments on it, it's like ah fuck. What were you gonna do? It's the third round. Skid mark. What are you gonna do? The switch detergents didn't come out. So, uh, Sam Young also was brought in, and I wouldn't be surprised if Sam Young took his damn took his damn spot. Brandon Parker. I, if I'm the Raiders, I just I I cut that Brandon Parker experiment. It's not going to happen. I remember they made the uh, uh, Gruden's like, yeah, he's you know he's been he's been with uh, uh, Gabe Jackson. They just been eating nothing but uh, nothing but truckloads dump truckloads full of food and it's like yeah it wasn't brandon park didn't need to get fatter that wasn't like the thing he needed to get better at football so i i don't brandon parker i'm done i'm absolutely done with him sam young's not even that good but he measures better in almost every grading thing (laughs) every grading system he's been in the league for like 10 years he's been around a while um but he measures out like grades out better than brandon parker ever has so it's like fuck you know uh Again, that was another thing, like having another day three pick, I would have loved to have found like a, a fun tackle to like draft, like a good athletic tackle that you could groom, you know, behind Miller is maybe like an insurance thing where maybe you don't pick up Colton Miller's fifth year option if he if this is his ceiling. Again, I don't think this is Colton Miller's ceiling, but he's gonna have to take a big a huge leap to be really justify the pick and justify his fifth year option. So yeah, that's that's the O line. Um now it's it's funny. Uh, I meant to say this earlier, and I and I forgot. It is it's funny to see that pretty much league wide, 
people are saying, hey, this, this Raiders offensive line is legit, right? It's definitely like the strong part of their team. Them, that and the tight ends are is awesome. Like they're they're set right there. There is one site, a site that I, I like, but a lot of Raider fans don't. There's one site <laughs> that had this to say about the Oakland Raiders offensive line. And this is after the 2019 season. So it's not like they were going off of the 2018 stuff. This was just the 2019 Oakland Raiders. It was after week 17. This is PFF, Pro Football Focus. And I know a lot of people are like, ugh, I'm allergic. <laughs> Spit it out. Hate PFF. And then people like me, I like their data. I don't necessarily love the interpretation of their data, right? Their data is about as good as you can get for isolated football grades, right? When you just isolate the player, which is so tough to do in the NFL. I mean, again, there's nuance to everything. They even admit that. But some of their takes, it's like uh, a lot of times they're trying to cover their own ass for like a draft take that they had that didn't pan out. And they're like, yeah, but this metric says he's good, you know, or, or the guy is good. And it's like, ah, this metric says it's bad. You know, actually, it's good. Actually, it's bad type thing. So their interpretation mm, kind of lacking to me. But the, the the take every every I've looked at offensive line rankings. The Raiders are top ten going into this year at every single site that I've seen. At least top ten. Some of them top five. But PFF has them ranked fifteenth. This is Ben Lindsay at, at PFF. Um, who I do like, actually. I, he had the he was the one when if you guys remember my episode for defensive tackles, he was the one or uh, the defensive line where I was going through that. It was my last episode. Oh, no, I'm sorry, two episodes ago. So uh, again, feel free to check that out. Uh, the what I found really funny was uh, that Ben Lindsay was the one predicting the uh, Maurice Hurst breakout breakout year with his data, and his data was good. And I think we've all thought that, like, man, Hurst is good. He's good. Like get him, get him out there, play him more, more snaps, right? So his, his he's had some good takes on it. This offensive line thing sucked, like it was it was terrible. So number fifteen, I, I just I just screenshotted the the uh, Oakland Raiders. Feel free to go if you just type in um, PFF offensive line rankings. Um, make sure you find the one from twenty nineteen, late twenty nineteen. You can see who was in front of them, but. The Oakland Raiders, this is Ben Lindsay's word. There was no duo of interior offensive linemen in the NFL better at limiting pressure than Rodney Hudson and Richie Incognito this season. Hudson allowed just three pressures in 509 passing block snaps in 2019, while Incognito allowed only nine pressures in 414 snaps. Out of those 12 combined pressures, only one was a sack and one was a quarterback hit, with 10 other being just hurries. Okay, so why are they number 15, right? It sounded great. <laughs> on the outside, Colton Miller improved significantly on his rookie season, but his overall grade of 64.9 still ranked just 23rd among 37 qualifying left tackles. I think that's a fair assessment of Colton Miller. I just don't know how that brings you down to fucking number 15 in the league, right? And uh, I, I, it doesn't, it, that doesn't make any sense to me. Like, how can you have one weak link? And the weak link is, is average, right? It's not like Colton Miller... He's getting to the lower end of average. I think he went from terrible, lower end of average, which is a which is a sizable leap, right? You want to get back to average. That's actually a PFF motto: creep back to average, especially on the offensive line, right? If everybody's average, it's better than a couple guys being good and one being bad, like terrible, right? Having a weak link that teams can just scheme against. Which you know, Colt Miller is that guy, but it's it's not that bad, right? Um, so actually I, I, now I, I do want to see who they had ranked ahead of, uh, of the Raiders in the top 15. Cause I, I just couldn't, 
I can't justify that, right? Now, Sam Monson and uh, Steve Palazzolo, who do the PFF NFL podcast, they kind of say that that basically Derek Carr helps his offensive line, which interesting, because uh, I think Derek Carr's pocket presence kind of stinks. So I think sometimes Derek Carr sacks himself every once in a while and uh, is kind of clunky when he tries to break the pocket and doesn't buy time as well as he should. But they think Derek Carr's quick release, right? He is one of the quickest releases in football, doesn't hold the ball very long. Uh it's he's they're saying that is the reason the Raiders don't give up a lot of sacks which hey I mean it's part of the West Coast offense right you don't get your quarterback hit that's kind of the the number one thing right it's not like an a Bruce Arian system where you seven step drop and you know take a hit like and you know hopefully you don't separate your shoulder right but what they were saying too is that even in the run game Steve Palazzolo and uh Sam Monson were also saying even in the run game they're it's deceiving, right? Their production because Josh Jacobs creates yards after contact better than anyone in the league and is very elusive, right? Doesn't go down on the first hit, creates, you know, creates his, a lot of his own yards, which again, also true. Josh Jacobs is a monster. I've seen him make, you know, something I thought was going to be a two, three yard gain into like a seven yard gain. He does it routinely. So all that's true, but it's like, there's no way that if the offensive line was terrible, either of those guys do that, right? So there is some nuance to that data just because Jacobs is such a good, you know, good at creating his own yards. And just because Derek Carr gets rid of the ball quick, I've seen quarterbacks get sacked within a couple seconds of, like, the, the thing. It doesn't matter. I've even seen Derek, it happen to Derek Carr, right, with the same offensive coordinator the year before, John Gruden. <laughs> so I don't see how the offensive line wasn't, like, awesome. So, all right, let's see. I'm going to go right around the Raiders. I'm, I'm looking at it. This is Ben Lindsay's list. So uh, tweet at PFF Ben Lindsay and tell him this was dumb because it was, uh, even though I do like Ben Lindsay. So they have the Denver Broncos ahead of the Raiders, which that is like you're you're smoking crystal, dude. I'm sorry. Um, and again, it's all their data, this data, that. I'm sorry. I watched Denver's offensive line. It wasn't good. Uh, Washington Redskins uh, missing Trent Williams, which I thought was interesting. They have them better. The Niners, I thought, had a pretty good offensive line, so I don't hate them being there but even then I think the Raiders offensive line might just be a little bit better they're completely different like the Raiders want their linemen to get out and run or I'm sorry the Niners want their offensive linemen to get out and run and they're definitely it's a completely different scheme so I, I I it's tough to compare the two the Detroit Lions I don't understand how they're better than the Raiders uh eh, Patriots always end up being pretty good so that one doesn't kill me Steelers uh Tennessee's good See, Tampa, Tampa, I don't see as like clearly better than the Raiders. They're number seven. I don't see them clearly being better. Uh, Green Bay. Green Bay's good. Green Bay's good. Like I'll, I'll, I'll admit to that. You start getting into like, you know, Dallas and and uh, the Ravens, which even even the Ravens, it's like, okay, you're applying this data, right? You're applying the data of like the Raiders offensive line. Your your interpretation of the data is the Raiders have a quick release quarterback and a running back that's really good at creating his own yards. So therefore their line is not that good. What the fuck do the Ravens have? Right? Like the Ravens, Lamar Jackson creates all, almost all his own yards. I mean, I'm not saying the Ravens offensive line is bad. It actually is really good. I was, they lost Yanda Yanda this year, but it, Stanley Yanda and guys like that, it was good. I'm, I'm not even trying to, to say that, but like, how could that, they're, you know, Lamar Jackson, who basically can turn anything into a fucking touchdown at a moment's notice or a 30, you know, 30 yard gain or something. And, uh, and, you know, 
Ingram and, and guys like that, who also is very good after contact, they become the number two offensive line in the league, and the Raiders are 15th when I think the same thing applies, right? Quarterback that doesn't really sit in the pocket for that long, he'll break the pocket, run off. Offensive line doesn't have anything to do with it at that point. So very weird to me. Um, anywho, I just wanted to do a quick thing. Well, last thing on this, uh, um, on, on last thing on, uh, the Raiders, um, the offensive line, excuse me. So what do you think, which line do you think is better? Offensive line 2016 or 2020? I think it's an interesting, I think it's interesting, right? Like I, I think it's, uh, I think it's close. I think people are saying now is better. Right? Like I, I think I think people are saying that that this line is, is better. And I think it's recency bias. The only reason I think that twenty sixteen might have been better was that I, I, I people forget how good Donald Penn was, man. Like he was just so unfortunate that the one play he just fell on was the play that basically ruined the twenty sixteen season. So but Donald Penn was really good. That left tackle. Then you had Coleccio Semele, which, you know, hey, it was <laughs> didn't last long, but that 2016 KO was beast. Absolute monster. Rodney Hudson, young Gabe Jackson, who's better than the current Gabe Jackson, and Austin Howard, right? Like, Austin Howard was probably the weak link on the line. I, I, I don't remember being just in love with Austin Howard's play, but I think 2016's line was still just a little bit better, personally, right? Like if you if you compare the two, like Colton Miller versus Donald Penn, it's no question Penn was better. Incognito and KO, I, I think it's a wash. I think you can you can kind of that's even right there. Rodney Hudson there and Rodney Hudson now. I would argue Rodney Hudson's actually been better lately. So okay, there you go. Gabe Jackson back then is better than Gabe Jackson now. I think we can all agree with that. Otherwise, nobody would want to get rid of him if that was the case. And then. Austin Howard, Trent Brown's better than Austin Howard. So it's close to a watch, right? But I, I do think that 2016's line might have been a bit better. But it's fun to compare, right? I, uh, I, I've, seen, I've seen people say that, you know. But again, I, I think, I think the, now with the wide receivers being there, and I, I mean, Josh Jacobs is also better than Latavius Murray. It's not even a question, right? You want to talk about a guy who didn't create yards. Latavius Murray was really good if you drove, you know, if you did – if the offensive line was like a snowplow, right, and left like it just blew everybody off the ball, Latavius Murray could run in a straight line. But the minute he had to change directions, it was like going from like seventy miles an hour to like a creeping, you know, two miles an hour over a speed bump. That was like his acceleration. Now Jacobs is a monster, so I think you'll get better results out of this offensive line because I think I think this team is better, right? Definitely defensively, I think on paper this team is is better than twenty sixteen talent wise. Now I think cars regressed. Right, that was the peak of Carr. So you're only as good as your quarterback, but I think just overall the roster I think is better now than 2016. But that offensive line, man, that was a special, special offensive line. And I and I I I think people tend to have a recency bias when they say this is the best one. I again, I I didn't have high expectations for the Raiders O line last year, and they really played exponentially better than I thought. So I could be wrong. Could be wrong. But, uh, yeah, so that's – I think that's about it for me today. Um, 
again, not the longest episode in the world. Uh, I've, I've gone longer on the other ones, but I do, uh, again, I, I, I'm really high hopes for this offensive line this year. I think that, uh, I think the depth's going to come into play. Um, especially dude, cause who knows what this COVID shit, man? Like that's one thing, like, I'm not like a COVID, the world's dying kind of guy. If you, again, listen to my podcast, Rare Candy, if you want to hear some fire COVID takes. Uh, the link's in my bio, at Glenn Rockney, G-L-E-N-R-O-C-K-N-E-Y. I save my corona takes, politics takes for that, right? So I'm not uh, – I don't want to talk about, like, the Raiders posting the black square and stuff like that. I don't – or not saying anything for a while and stuff. That's not that's not what I'm here to do. Um, this is literally just a Raiders podcast, right? So – Anywho, like with the COVID thing, what's going to happen if a guy gets COVID? They're out for like two weeks. You know what I mean? So this depth is going to be huge, man. Depth everywhere. The deepest team's going to win, even if it's not the most top heavy. Because like even with the Ravens, like what if Lamar Jackson, Mark Ingram, and two defensive players get COVID, right? And they all can't play for like two weeks. You're fucked. You're just punting that game away, you know? So I do think that like with the with these this O-line, keep the depth, man. It was They were right to keep Gabe. I think it was a good move because, again, you, do you want to start John Simpson? Like, I don't want to. I, I think he's going to be very good. I think he's going to be a perfect replacement. But, you, you know, as a team, you want to start getting better to where your draft picks don't have to be your best player in year one, right? That's kind of what you want. So keep the depth. Keep Stay strong on the O-line. That ruins seasons when teams aren't deep on the O-line. Ruins it. So... High hopes for this offensive line. Um, I'm sorry to Mr. Ben Lindsay. I, I do like your, uh, I, I do like a lot of your content, but uh, that list didn't do it for me, man. And maybe I'm just being biased, and but it, it just seemed kind of weird that like that data didn't really uh, that data applied to the Ravens, but not the Raiders, a team that creates their own yards pretty easily without offensive line help. Not saying that the Raiders are as good of an offense as the Raiders. I don't or as the Ravens, that's just not happening. Like that's, that's not what I'm saying. I just mean Lamar Jackson is like a cheat code for an offensive line. So, you know, it's whatever, but anywho, uh, like I said, follow me on Twitter at Glenn Rockney, um, subscribe to this podcast. Uh, I will have it uploaded, uh, within an hour of recording this. I know it's a Saturday. I know you're supposed to save stuff for the week, but who cares, man? Nobody's even working right now. So, uh, everybody stay safe. And uh, again, talk shit to me on Twitter. I love it. I love when people argue with me, especially about football. It's better than arguing about politics. So, uh, all right. That's it for me, guys.